Microphone checker. Before we get to this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show, shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode with the legendary Diamond D. Okay, producer, DJ, MC. I mean, listen, okay, just an amazing journey. Amazing journey. I had traveled around the world, digging in the crates, uh, you know, member, legendary produced tracks, the Fugees, uh, Brand Nubian, Queen Latifah, so much more. I mean, listen, okay, send it to a friend. If you listen to it and you liked it, send it to a friend. A lot of people say, yo, Premium Pete, I really appreciate the show. What could I do for you? Or what, how could I help? Or how could I support? If you know episode in the catalog, look, you may not like every episode, but if you know episode in the catalog that maybe could be good for somebody, send it to them. I always used to say, tell a friend to tell a friend, and I'm continuing to say that, okay? Internet, just to let you know, I'll be down in Atlanta this week. If you're listening as soon as it comes out, then I'll be down in Atlanta. If you're going to be at A3C Festival, okay, come check me. I'll be at Hotel Indigo, okay? It's uh, in downtown Atlanta. I'll be there doing a live Premium Pete show Friday, October 11th, and Saturday, October 12th. That's 3 to 4 p.m. Again, that's at Hotel Indigo, Friday, 3 to 4 p.m., and Saturday, 3 to 4 p.m. Okay, I'm going to have special guests, a bunch of people stopping by, and just come and kick it to me. Come, you know, come and, come and say what's up. Come and say hello, you know. Um, internets, I, I I am so thankful when I tell people to check in and they do, okay? So open up your Twitter app, open up your Instagram app, and at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, and check the fuck in, okay? So many people on the check-in. Alabama's on the check-in, okay? I've seen Texas. Texas was heavy on the check-in. We had so many people out of state, in state. Like I say all the time, if you've been listening since day one, I appreciate you. Salutes, okay? Stay with me. It's going to get even better. I want you to also... Go check YouTube. Premium Pete Show has tons of clips of behind the scene, social clips, full episodes on the YouTube. Premium Pete Show, subscribe, like, leave a comment, tell a friend to tell a friend, all that good stuff. Internets, go check me while I'm in Atlanta, October 11th and 12th, 3 to 4 p.m. at Hotel Indigo, okay? If you're an A3C, come by, say what's up. Don't ever be one of those people that are shy or afraid to say what's up, man. Come say what's up, okay? And uh, let's kick it. Come check me. Now, this week's episode is with a future bright star, okay? Somebody I've been championing for a long time. Somebody who I believed in. Somebody who I've seen rise and grow and, and really take a leap of faith as far as jobs. When he left Complex and, you know, learned so much there like it was a college and moved on and now he's doing multiple things. And more importantly, taking over the mogul who was co-hosted, uh, I mean, not co-hosted, who was hosted by my friend, the late, great Combat Jack, a.k.a. Reggio Say. And he's done a great job. The episode he did with Spotify for the life and uh, death of Reggio Say was amazing. If you never checked that, it's a little hard to get through, but check that out. And, and you know, even with this new season of mogul, you know, on Miami and Miami base and and, and and having Trick Trick in there and not Trick Trick I mean Trick Daddy and and um you know having uh, uh Rick Ross and, and and two live crew and internet's mogul was something special to Reggie. I want you to check that out. Jinx is doing a great job with it. We really go over his career, you know, go over his journey. And, you know, he's to me, you know, he's a young, bright star. He's a bright mind. And I really wanted to display him and have him on the premium Pete show. So without you know, without further ado Let's get to this week's episode 
on the Premium Pete Show with the one and only Brandon Jersey Jinx Jenkins. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the other smooth voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClan, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go. Internets, let's turn up one time. Premium Pete. Come on, everybody get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show cause milk said so fuck what you heard better act like you know it's the premium pete show internet welcome back to another episode of the premium pete show finally sitting down with this individual a good young fella a good fella <laughs> so a good fella indeed you know i've watched um this dude's career kind of embark over the years lend some uh um support lend some um positivity you know, it's been great to see. I, I, I think it's important when you see younger people um, and then older people interacting and supporting and, and helping. And it's been amazing to see, honestly, honestly. You know, Jersey Zone. And we'll get to it. Why the hell? I guess it's pretty simple why you call Jersey Jinx. Yeah. But the one and only, some people call him Jinx. Some people call him Jersey Jinx. And, uh, you know, just don't call him late for dinner. <laughs> Jinx, what's up, sir? What's up, man? Thank you for having me, man. This is exciting. Oh, uh, listen. It's a, it, it, we had to come to the illustrious offices of Gimmick Media yeah. to make this happen. But, it, it, listen, for <laughs> you, we, we do that. Illustrious. I like that word. Let's take people back uh, who may not even know who you are. Mm-hmm. People listening may say, okay, who's this Jersey Jinx? Because yeah. it's pretty simple to name yourself Jersey Jinx if you grew up in Jersey. Yeah, for sure. But what does Jinx mean? Is that your real name? Um, nah, my, my real name's Brandon. My last name is Jenkins. Jinx is actually, um, when I was a kid, I was just talking to my parents about this the other day, oddly. Um, my dad made us all screen names, and so he came up with the Jinx. He was like, look, I was obsessed with the internet. He got us all on the internet. And so for all of us, Brandon Jenkins, it was just BT Jinx. So Brandon, my middle initial, and then Jinx. And then my sister's the same thing. Her name's Whitney, so it's Whitney A. Jinx. So we all had these screen names. And then I was in school, and some kid, it might be like the first time this was, was happening because it's around like the early 2000s. Some kid's like yelling my screen name in school. I'm like, bro, chill. And then he keeps calling me Jinx. And when someone calls you something, I, I wasn't feeling it. And when you don't like it, they do more. So it became Jinx, 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 Jinx. And after a while, I stopped fighting it. And it got to a point where, like, even the school principal was calling me Jinx. So it was like, all right, that's my name. And somehow it's, I can't remember how it became my name on camera at Complex, but it did. And from that point on, people in the professional world stopped calling me Brandon, started calling me Jinx. And now it's people who don't even know my real name. I mean, that's how it goes. That's when you know that you're living uh, a double life. (laughs) A double life, for sure. But what's important about that, too, is that, you know, that you get dubbed a nickname and that actually, you think about it, it's called Jinx, but you have been having good success. Like, it's not like you've been jinxed. You know, you think about it, like, people may think, like, oh, you know, certain nicknames didn't stick with them or they didn't feel it for a reason. And it's, like, almost like people's voice. I tell people this, like, sometimes they don't even like their voice. But you got to roll with it. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I still, um, now, out of repetition, I'm okay with my voice. But, like, I first heard my voice was like, it's like when you hear it in anything, like a, a phone recording. You're like, ugh. But um, same thing with Jinx. But it's also the people kind of decide that. So at that point, it was just my boys. Then it was my school. Then it was my college. And then it was the audience on these shows that I was working on. But um, the name also does kind of fit. Like if it's me and my boys go out to dinner, 
I'm the one who's when they bring the food, my order's not right, mm -hmm. right? Or like, I'm always the one in my close knit group of friends that kind of takes the L in a weird way. So if the success is payback for that, I'm I'm cool with it. I'll 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 roll with that exchange. Well, I tell you, you know, like I said, it's been proud. Like I was saying in the beginning, it's been proud to watch um, your career just start. Mm. You know, um, watch you uh, take leaps, watch you uh, acquire um, you know different you know handles and different responsibilities you know i you know it's funny because i remember the first time i seen you um may not not in person meaning on on <clears throat> i hope you're not getting me sick um yo. on um camera yeah. and i was like yo the way this kid talks is you know very explanatory very very um i just felt like you were like you know, somebody that can narrate something, somebody that could give people an understanding of what it was like, you know, and, and we'll bounce around. But I remember and, and shouts to Chris Morrow. I remember Chris Morrow asking me, I don't mean to blow up people's spots, but yeah. I remember asking me, like, hey, what do you think about this Jinx guy? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think he's incredible for what spot are you talking about? Thank and, you. you know, yeah. And, and and and, you know, I thought that, you know, and I know they had a couple of people. You know, for mogul, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and I'm not a decision maker for mogul or give or, or Spotify shots at each and every one of them, but I just felt like with Reggie doing the first season of mogul on Chris Lighty, and it being so powerful that someone to come after him didn't have to try to be like him or didn't have to, but had to be themselves, but had to be somebody that could. Let you know how things smelt in a room from 20 years ago, even if they weren't there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's a lot, man. Uh, and I really appreciate that. I think even just hearing about Mogul, I'd heard um, initially once Matt had actually hit me up, people that started to kind of play behind the scenes started to reveal themselves like, oh, I'm glad you I'm glad you took this on. Someone had reached out to me or this person was like, you know, um, I'd been asked about you. And. You know, when you do work, especially um, when you do the kind of work I do, and at that time, we had actually met. Uh, you had come by the office uh, where I was working, and I was, like, sort of, like, frustrated trying to figure out what to do. And so all these things kind of happened at the right time. At Complex. Yeah, at Complex, you know. And I was just like, oh, what do I, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? And to know that there were forces behind the scenes um, helping to influence that decision, helping to influence me um, even being considered is something I'm super thankful for on the, going outward, but then also looking back inward. I'm also like, maybe I'm doing some of the right things because there's no scorecard for this shit. Like, you're just kind of in it. And there's a lot of ways to measure stuff, and there's looking at other people. There's followers, listens, paychecks, uh, visibility. And to feel like maybe you don't, um, you're not towering in any one of those categories, but to get the, the right projects, I think, means a lot, especially ones that have been preceded by someone that's like as legendary um such a towering figure like combat jack you know like even when um that had sent me i think he hit me up on facebook and i was like all right um which is crazy because i'm not really on facebook but it, i happen to check um but it's um it's one of those things where you don't know if you can do this thing right like how do you know but if other people that you respect well, also, it was people that I respected that were telling me, like, yo, go do this. Or people that I respected were like, yo, they hit me up. You know, people like yourself. I think it was people like uh, Naomi um, 
Seichner, who was at Fader, then eventually went to YouTube, like vetted people that do really, really good work and are good people. And I was like, all right, like that's a good web of people to be in contact with. So I should I should try this out and do my best, you know. And there's a lot of people that are involved in this project that help me do my best. Of course. Of it's course. not like I think about I remember the first time we heard um tape back from our first tracking. I was like, oh shit. They might have picked the wrong person. Like just because I felt that this does not sound good. And I just been listening to Reggie stuff. Like it it kind of it kind of scared me. But um, you know, give it a year and see where you go. Of course. Um, you're planting the seeds. I, you know, what's really special, too, is that I remember when, you know, I would always be by the complex offices. You know, you worked there for a couple of years. Yeah, like five. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, nice run. Nice run. And it's great to work at complex. And complex, like I tell, uh, you know, like I told Joe and I told Rich Antonella and Joe LaPuma, you know, it. some people have been there a long time. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, it's been uh, like a college or a, a stepping stone. Yeah. And it's no disrespect to them. You know, maybe some people just want to move and, and do other things. One thing that I, I really found uh, valuable is, is when I would come there and I would see you. And I remember one particular time that we spoke about where me and you were talking like, uh, you know, amongst, you know, there were so many people in the room. And I think we were like kind of quiet. And I remember you, for somebody that I feel like is like the voice of like, you know this younger generation i feel like you you embody like a great example um yeah, thank and, you. And, and i felt like at and and you know correct me if i'm wrong i think the people listening to this especially your peers or anybody who doesn't know you 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 felt a, a little bit nervous like n- nervous in the sense of like undecided uh, maybe what you wanted to do and i think that's important for people to know that like look man you don't have all the answers you never do but, you never but, but no of course yeah. but you but you were willing to jump Willing to take that next step, you know. Am I, am well, I wrong th- about that, that? That takes. It's like, um, you know, it's like it's probably a really weird example. I can think about, um, like training, um, like our family dog, and you're trying to train the dog to go down the stairs, and the dog is shook, and they do that thing where they go back and forth, back and forth, and they leave, and they come back, back and forth. That's a lot of what that career jump is, where you're like, I know the door is there, I got to get to the door. But there's all these like, like obstacles in the way, and you know everyone else is doing it. It looks like it's doable, but I'm shook, and I was shook for a minute. Like I had been feeling that sort of um, frustration is not even the right word. Just the like, um, like I'm in search of something. I'm in search of something, and I felt like once I'd done what I need to do at Complex, I felt like I was vetted, and I didn't know that that was a start of a career. I, I thought I'm here. I'm gonna try to fill up as much space as I can here. I'm gonna try to be the man here. I'm gonna try to do really good work, and then over time, I was like, oh, does good work necessarily, it doesn't necessarily parallel the way in which we measure success. And I was like, yo, I'm doing great work, but like, you know, am I going viral every day? I don't know, you know, but like, I know the groundwork I laid. I know the doors that I opened, the doors I walked through, and I felt confident in that. But at the same time, I also felt like, yo, I got to do more. And maybe all, that more isn't doable where I'm at right now in a specific time. But you can feel that and still not know where to go, you know. So, like, again, when Mogul popped up, it also popped up at the same time as um, Opportunity with Revolt. It was just like, even if you don't go take those things, yo, don't doubt yourself. People are checking for you. At the very least, you might just need to leave this room. And I I found, like, how many things happen for you when you just leave a space and people know. Because people don't know. You know, you see someone there for five years, 
especially in a place like Complex where people, you know, you got lifers. Sure. You know, people that have been vetted and like. Well, you had a job. Yeah. And some people, to, you know, that's always a, a springboard that you could fall back on. So yeah. if things don't work. But or you never, it, yeah. you, you never know that if unless you've done that. Right. Like I'm still like, again, I thought I don't know how careers work. I thought I was like, I thought the world should come to me at that point. I didn't know. I was, every time you're just starting every time, like you're just starting. Um, at that point, I was ready to like, I don't know, like have my own my own vehicles, my own shows, all this sure. stuff. And I still feel ready. But, um, you know, you need everyone else around you to believe in that, too. So when it came time to make the jump, it was like, all right, I got to do something. I remember having to talk to my mom about it. I was explaining her what Mogul is, explaining her what the other show is. And she has no value for this shit. She's just like, okay, I just know you have to jump. Like, wherever you go, you'll be fine, but you just got to jump. And, yeah, landed uh, landed at Gimlet. Yeah. Shouts at Gimlet. And uh, shouts to Spotify. Yeah. You know, you you wind up taking both. So now, all of a sudden, you become this new host mm-hmm. of Mogul, which is, you know, uh, taking over where Reggie left off with uh, Chris Lighty and, yeah. and, and, and what they created with that. Because that was inaugural, uh, um, you know, season of it. Of Mogul, but also of just, like, what hip-hop can do like storytelling in the space of like this is value that you it's some new shit in va- in various categories sure. you know what i mean and more than a podcast you know we you know i tell people this all the time if i and it's funny when i think about myself too i said if i had to do it all over again i probably wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now meaning podcast sense mm. because i give so many ideas and i and i do so many behind the scenes things and producing for shows like similar to that or shows that like, like we live in a world where you just don't have to turn on a mic and then release a podcast every week it's not t- it's not it's not it's not no the- there's, there's so many choices i mean this is like a film if you close your eyes Absolutely. you know like Absolutely. it's it's that feeling and um and it's great to hear that from people that weren't introduced to mogul initially or podcast at all and they in their mind podcasts are like you know uh two people in a room just conversing and it can like an interview is that on on camera or an interview could be a one man play on Broadway or it could be um, a documentary or it can be some weird mix of all these things. It can be in an episodic series or it could be stranger things and you binge watch, right? Like audio can take on the same things and podcasting. um, It's all lumped as podcasting, but there's so many sub genres and disciplines under it and talents that you can pull from. I listen to various podcasts. Um, One I really like is dissect Mm -hmm. and, he's not interviewing sometimes he interviews people but mostly it's just like this sort of uh kind of feels like this lab experiment of someone breaking down what they feel an album an album's like qualitative values are sure and you might listen to that and be like oh it's far away from what i'm doing but i can steal things from that or take ideas from it or just have the enjoyment factor and be like man that person sounds like they like what they're doing how do i do that so there's so much you can learn from in this space even like you think about it, like Crime Town. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I yeah. want to give a shot. I want to give a shot too. Even like when I think about um, Air Hustle. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Mm. It's taped inside of a prison in San Quentin, and the warden at the end approves it, which I find That's, amazing that they yeah. did that. So um, podcasting is 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 next level, now. and it can do things that video can a lot of the time, yeah. right? Like I think about when you read the book, and then when you watch the film. 
you can't it whether you like the book or the film more you can't go back and read the book and have your own original characters and own original looks and ideas because you that that glass has been it's been filled with a podcast you could take outside of the voices maybe you could take the same script the same actors and you still might not know how they look and you're able to fill in so much more even if you know how they look what's the environment look like what's the weather look like if you hear a breeze in the background of that what does that is, is that tree swing or is that grass blowing right like these are things you get to choose and i think when you get to choose um you have such a higher not a, you have such a stronger connection with the art because you feel like you're part of it and you are it's like um um getting sent music in your inbox versus being on poking around and listening to sure. something on your own. You feel like you discovered that. So you have this connection to it. And I think podcasting takes the right amount of, um, um, puts the right amount of decision-making in the listener's uh, hands. So sure. you get to, to add something to the art. Sure. And it's great to see, you know, especially like I said, when, when we were coming up and I told you this before, I think I may have told you on the, uh, episode that, uh, Mogul was for Reggie, the, mm. which was fantastic. Um, we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, I remember speaking about that how... That might be me. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all good. I remember speaking about how people would say podcasts were cute, you know, like where it was like, you know, oh, you got a podcast? That's cute. Like it was like, like it was like, get out. And if you think about it, actually, I don't remember if it was Meek or uh, Nikki, but they were shaming Joe for having a podcast. What? You know, um, and look at uh, look at God. You know, look at 360. Look at look at life later on. That's why it's funny. You gotta be careful what you talk shit about. I've always respected people that can like you're talking about taking a leap. That's like that's a leap, not just a new place to work, but like a whole new like medium. I I'd love to believe I'm that person, but there's a lot of me that isn't that person to be like, I'm gonna go do this thing. Like I've always had, I've always wanted to do radio in some capacity. Right. And like, if someone gave me podcasting, I might've been like, uh, I might've felt the same way. Yeah. Like now nah, I want to do radio, but for someone to be able to look at this thing and feel that, um, to have a vision and to walk through it. And also it's part of having a vision. We can make it seem like someone was able to break it down, but it's really like the right amount of fuck it. Right. To be like, fuck it. I'll, I'll go see. I'll go see what this is about. And to go into these arenas, I'd say, Joe, um, to me, you can always say combat uh, and what you guys were doing with the entire show. It feels almost weird to group to have you among everyone else. To me, it's like when you do your uh, you do your top five list, you don't count big and pop because, like, you're just going to lose spots, right? Yeah. I feel like that's combat, Jack. Like, if I had to do my top three, I'd move you all off into the, like, y'all are in the museum category. Because I don't want to lose other spots because we know that that's number one. We know it's number, you know, that's high ranked. But to be able to go and make these leaps and to jump into these areas, I, whenever the next thing is that I hear about, I'm going to be way more open to um, just seeing what it's about. Because I, for y'all to go jump in that, for it to pop, doesn't mean the next thing is going to pop. But I'm, I'm not going to brush it off. I'm not going to call it cute. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Let's take people back for listening. So, people who who know of uh, Jinx or Jersey Jinx or Brandon Jinx, Jenkins, <laughs> one of them, yeah, one of them, whatever one you know, uh, you know, you're gonna learn a little bit more today. I always say this, and for people who don't know of you, you'll learn of him. Mm -hmm. You know, you grew up in Jersey. Where in Jersey? Yep, Somerset. So it's like right by Rutgers, New Brunswick area. Mm -hmm. uh, we call it Central Jersey. People outside of Jersey don't know what Central Jersey is. 
But um, we're right at that borderline where we wear Yankees caps. Okay. Anywhere beneath us, they wear Phillies caps. Copy. So yeah, because we don't got no we don't got no football team. Yeah. Yeah. Now, mom and dad, you grew up with. Mm-hmm. What did mom do? Uh, she was a. I'm gonna get this title wrong. Um, she worked in the procurement department of NJ Transit. So that's like. Um, what does that mean? Yeah. So like all the stuff to do with the train. So they have everything broken in different disciplines. They have the trains, they have the buses, whatever other metro means they have. This is like, oh, we're about to go and build a new railroad uh, line. All right. How much does, how much will it cost us to build these tracks? How much will it cost us to to buy new trains? Like interacting with people. I think the trains are built um, um, internationally, like interacting with them to like, how do how much does it cost to the metal, the seats, the everything it takes to make these lines um and her and her team would go ahead and it's basically like um high-end accounting and, and, and purchasing was it like an eight to four job like she was home by oh she, she was she was out the door at four every huh. day and would be on the train by then get to work at six and i think her job was cool because she had to raise us so she her and my dad would stack their jobs so that they could both function so she would be out the house at four i remember i'd wake She'd wake up around four, actually. Like I remember when I didn't do the dishes the night before, I used to hate it. She would, um, she'd wake me up when she got woke up, and I'd be down there in the dark washing the dishes. She's like, "I told you," and then she would be out the door by five, go to work um, on NJ Transit in Newark, where it's um, their headquarters at. And my dad would bounce a little bit later, and he worked in insurance, um, and he bounced around between North Jersey. He actually worked in the World Trade Center a little bit before nine eleven. Um, and those two stacked their jobs. He would work a little bit later, so there was always someone to kind of like be home. Yeah, be around or pick us up. We did morning care, aftercare, like those school programs, whatever it took um, between me and my sister. So it was just you and your sister. Mm-hmm. Now, for, what was it like growing up? Like you, you know, mom, dad, and you and your sister. Like did you just go on like road trips every year. Was it vacations? No, nah, we didn't really vacation. I was telling someone the other day, I'm like really burnt out. Like I need a vacation. But I never really learned how to vacation because we didn't go on vacations. Like, they worked, you know? So, like, and when you see what I do, I work. I work because my parents worked. Yeah. So it's weird how you fall into these grooves of, like, what your folks did. But, um, no, nah, we grew up in, like, the Burbs. And you were always an interesting spot. We're 40 minutes from New York, not too far from Delaware, close to Philly. Um, They had family in Plainfield in Newark. So you could always bounce around to different vibes, too. Because, like, in Franklin, everything's packed. You go to one corner, it's farmland. You go to another corner, it's the Jacks. So, like, you get a real crash course in what American life can be like, and you get to pick and choose what you want to rock with. So I got some friends that are, you know, driving in the back roads with no street lights, going on blunt rides. And then I got other friends that are like, no, we outside every day, all day. Yeah. Like, we're outside the barbershop. We're not getting our hair oh, cut. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had 7-Elevens and whatnot. So, um Oh, that's too close, probably. I think yeah. Wawa may be a little bit more further out. They're, they're, like, right on the fringes of us. But, um, you know, real suburban living, I'd say, like, I loved going, coming up in the spot I came up in. It almost felt, like, sitcom-ish, you know? Like, it was, it checked all those boxes, and it wasn't rough living at all. But it also, like, you could see rough living, and you could also see affluence and being like, ah, uh, it was very clear that we were neither. Um, and that there were choices to be made about how you kind of wanted to, to live your life. You know, it's funny that someone suburbs are tough because a lot of people like try to knock it. Like meaning, like especially in hip hop, suburbs like, are tight. I don't know. No, no, <laughs> I love suburbs yeah. now. 
when I grew up, I grew up, I grew up a Brooklyn kid. Mm-hmm. You know? Now I live in South Jersey, and I love it. Yeah, I used to tell people I used to have like you know crackheads in front of my building, and now I have deer on my lawn. Yo, yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I love it, you know, and and it's peaceful <laughs> and 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 it's special, you know. But you know, the reason why I say that for is because I feel like people who come from the suburbs um, are more intrigued with the people who are in the mix, say, in the city, like being, like, you know. Well, it's just, it's a natural curiosity, right? It's the same as why, like, you'll go to, like, the middle of the country and, you know, like, they're the ones buying all the concert tickets. They're buying the Travis Scott stuff. They're 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 the ones, like, can you be a big rap artist today without that support? And also, kids in the city are curious, too, you know, but, like, there's a lot more to keep up with in the city and a lot more energy happening. And I think people are naturally... um curious it doesn't mean it's for you either sure like when i was growing up you know you from the suburbs it was just listening to hip-hop hip-hop was our like defining means of what was cool what to do what not to do you know you were emulating this energy that took place in brooklyn or queens but we weren't in brooklyn or queens we weren't even in newark but very quickly i started watching people that were taking that overboard and being like oh no or i had family that you know my dad's from newark and then when he takes you there and he leaves you out there outside all day you're like oh shit like this is cool to be around, but, like, I'm not envious yeah. either. I'd rather like, get back home. Well, yeah, or, like, understanding the value of that and the people that are there. And as a kid, I'm, like, hyper-observant. Like, that's my thing. I think if I have any skill, it's my it's skill of observation. I could understand how a place, how these places forged people and how they made certain kinds of people and finding similarities in places I was from and places I wasn't from, understanding trends and being like, whoa, like, you know, I might not need I might like what comes out of here but maybe that's not for me you know but it was also the idea that you were soft too and so I grew up always in like the middle the middle sure. um middle class and even in like you look at um how my town was set up there was a point where there was, school had money and there was a point where school didn't have money I was right on that line I was a kid on the on the school bus like I would take I would have like a um like a Blink-182 or a, a Limp Biscuit CD and put it in my Fabulous CD case so no one knew, yeah, you know? Yeah. But also, I still listen to Fab, For sure. but, like, if anyone pressed, I'd be like, oh, nah, this is just a Fabulous CD because it wasn't cool to be in the middle yeah, at they, that they point. Yeah, they didn't want to hear Roll and Roll and Roll. Nah, yeah, yeah, the remix. So they, they didn't want to hear that, and um, and that's okay. But I, I did, but I also was aware of how people perceive those things. See, that's dope that, you know, and I feel the same way, And even though I grew up in Brooklyn, but I feel like I had some of, uh, you know, where I, I listened to Billy Joel, I listened mm. to the Beatles, and then I listened to DMX, you know? Yeah. Um, I used to tell people growing up in Brooklyn, I listened to too much DMX, I almost, I would, I would, I would catch a case i would get a speeding ticket i would i'd be like yo i gotta listen would take to like some some, to some, balance some you air out. supply right now with yeah some pat benatar <laughs> um but you know being someone like you know it's funny too because i grew up in a in in, in a very big italian family mm-hmm. but if you ask my mother she only eats about four things mm. you know i tell my you want some tacos tacos i don't want tacos yeah, you want yeah. some you want some pasta with the, no so i look at myself and you know for my love and my passion, you know, I, I love sushi and I've traveled all over the yeah. all over the world and you know, I love different things and I'm open to different things and I think we're we're an interesting time, man. Yeah. We're like this generational shift that's um very appreciative and very knowledgeable about what took place in uh, the almost the last of lineage and roots and um sort of uh, older culture that comes from somewhere and this new era of like, yo, there's a lot of white space out here. We can write and we can be who we wanna be. And we also have access to so much, you know. 
think about like the kids I rolled with in high school. I'd walk down the hallway and it was like daps left and right on all sides because I was cool with everybody. But I was also actually curious and actually observant. And I think if you're any of those things, it doesn't really matter where you're you're physically located, especially now with the Internet. But even Absolutely. like prior to the Internet being the only way people live, you could still get to shit. But it's if you wanted to. But you know, you're right. And I agree with you on that. But people... People put down the suburbs. Like I hear, like, 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 like I give example. Point I'm making is: here's a kid yourself mm-hmm. in the suburbs. Okay, listen to fab, listen to hip hop. Right? Do you ever think that you'd be sitting down Never. with these people? Okay, Never. right? And even because you're from the suburbs, sometimes people are like, ah, oh, man, I'm just a kid from the suburbs. Like, yeah. nah, man, like you, you, you never know what can happen. And I think there's, it happens still now, right? There's still people that like they hear my voice or the way I dress or the way I move through a room. Or the places I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not uh, hookah every night, you know. Yeah. Like I get it, um, and they feel like, well, why him, you know, and why not me? Um, I don't know. I'll like, put the work in. Yeah, it's like do that, but or they they feel like they fit this box of what hip hop is. I see it all the time on um, State of the Culture. You know, they they have their vision of it, and it's also the people you're around. Because like, if I go back to where I'm from, I'm the most hip hop. You know, and then where you're from, maybe I'm not. Or what values do you attribute to hip hop? Is it is it tough? You know, is it toughness? Is it curiosity? Is it art? Is it art? Um, we all have our different definitions of it. And I think really early on, it happened in high school when I realized people's triggers. Like, I remember always thinking I was funny. Like, I remember I won, like, Class Clown. And, but I remember, like, people being, like, not thinking I was funny. Then I remember changing my dress up a little bit to, like, apply to what they thought was tight. And like, yo, Jinx is funny. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, inside is who you are. Outside is what people think. You can use the outside to to get in the rooms and show people who you are. But I think people today, audiences, um, they're still confused about that. And I'm not. Very, very quickly I understood that. And I don't know why or how, but I did. And I can see today that people have an idea of the suburbs are whack. Or this person's not hip-hop. Or this person... Or what attributes don't belong in certain places, right? Like what I think is interesting about Mogul is that it's a very, and it's really, a, you know, um, a lot of it's due to the team and to combat for setting this up this way. It's a very, um, it's intersection of a lot of audiences. It's hip hop, but it's also very like highbrow intellect. And I could tell, it's like a podcast if you like to read, sure. you know, it's like if you are a fan of literature, you can come to this podcast. If you are a fan of documentaries, you can come to this podcast. If you're a fan of interviews, you can come to this podcast. If you're a fan of brass knuckle hip-hop, you can come to this podcast. And in this season, if you like the first season, now you want something different. You know, if you like SoundCloud rap, then listen to this podcast. Because, like, it, it's all there. Yeah, sure. But We're tangled into one. And what's crazy is that it's a genius idea, but also an idea that's very in front. Like, how did no one do this before, right? And... But, like, you think about even dudes like Reggie. Reggie's like that. He's the intersection of all these things. It's why, like, even telling the stories about him. When I learned more about him through people like yourself, I would always have these moments during the tapings where I was like, damn, like, Reggie's Reggie. And I could never figure out why we fucked with each other. Then I'm like, oh, we're we're not the same, but our Venn diagrams overlap. Because yeah. he's a lot of things in one, and he never decided he had to be one thing. And he cared about the future. You know, and I think I learned a lot from him like that. And that's why you would see people like you and there's some other people. But I would tweet once in a while that 
they're the future or that they're special. But or pe- I would tell them. He but there's like people that. who really do it. Like you'd really, I remember the first time we met, you're like, yo, what's up? And like, there's people who really do it and there's people who say it. Some people say it so that, because they're they're shook. And I remember the people who weren't, I remember the ones who weren't saying it and now they're saying it because they're aging and they're trying to figure out what it is. And it's like, if I say that, maybe some young kids will come around me and keep me fly. And then there's people who really do it. When I went back and found old tweets when Combat was like, who's this Jersey Jinx kid? You know, and I'm like, oh, and that means so much when you don't got shit. It still means a lot. It really does. And it's also tight to be able to have that story. Like, I can really say that. Like, that's a real thing. I don't have to take that with you. You can go search it, you know. And for me, it's um, it's really important that guys like that did that because you don't know, man. It, It really does mean a lot. It really does fuel you. It really does just to be seen, but then also to be seen by the right people. I don't know what it has been in my time, but like I've always been embraced by the OGs, um, even sometimes ahead of my peers. Uh, and I, it, it means a lot. You know, at the very least, you're like, I'm, you want to be among the made men, you know, like of you want to, you want to sit at that table. Forget about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, look, I, I think you're just, you're straight up, you're just a good guy, man. I think people, I mean, you have talent, obviously, but I think people like to support good people. I always tell people, sometimes it's as simple as not being a dick. You know, people who, you know, there's people who have a problem with everybody or complain about everybody. You know, it's like, and then wonder why or burn bridges. But anyway, I want to get to where we were talking about Mogul and you were talking about, you know, one thing I think is special, especially with you on it, is that your narration skills are beautiful. Well, that's not me, man. Like, that's me. Hold on. on. I'm going to give, I I got this. The producing is special as well. So that with the produ- production of Gimlet and Spotify, and then having your voice narrate what's going on, yeah, or or, or just the the tone of it, is it gives people a chance to understand. There's a lot of people that don't know, you know, where this took place or how this took place, and I always feel like, you know, that's what's special about. It. Like I give an example, like the episode that they did um which is what what is it t- what is the exact title of it for Reggie was it the life and the life and times of Reggie Osei you know internet if you never heard that go to spotify and go check that out you know that's basically a one episode you know it's hard to do that in one episode but it's it's the career and 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 you know how Reggie and the combat jack show uh really uh you know left the etch on uh, I don't I don't want to gas it cuz I worked on it but like I was talking to someone about this recently, like, and I have, like, things in my uh, very short career that mean a lot to me. Um, That's in, like, the top five things that I've done ever that I was like, yeah, this is it. And I knew it when we were working on it, where I was like, oh, shit. Like, because it just personally, the the overlap, I feel like, between myself and Reggie, knowing that you want to do justice to Reggie, hearing stories from people, interacting with people like yourself that we've been in passing, but you don't get to hear personal stories, um, and just learning more about this space at the same time. And there's just also a huge responsibility, right? Like, you feel you feel empowered and the pressure when the ball's in your hands and the clock is ticking. Working on Reggie feels like that the whole time, because it's Reggie. And at the even when I was taking this project, it was that moment of like, if if I thought Reggie wouldn't have liked it, I think everyone would have been okay if I walked away and been like, no, I'm good. We don't, I, I'm not the guy for this. And then it feels weird to tell yourself, nah, I think I am because I think Reggie would have fucked with it. But that podcast to me was like, it that th- that episode specifically and the work that we did on it was like the thing. I think um, 
Miami, I love Miami, but that that one episode to me is the one where I'm like, yo, if I had to show anybody anything, like if I had to pick something to be like to get you to listen to everything else, I'd have you listen to that first, yeah. And it's great that it comes first. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's it's funny. I'll give you some behind the scenes info. Um, people would so so many people because obviously you know part of Combat Jack show people would hit me up um, when that dropped. Yeah. A lot of people took a very long time to listen to that uh, episode. I remember so many people hit me like, "I can't check that out yet." You know, I'm a, you know because they weren't ready, yeah, um, to listen to it. And then everyone who listened to it hit me up, um, and a lot of people commemorate of, of, of what a job you did, but they also explained the purity of it, like meaning like, you think about it. People cried listening to that episode. Yeah. It's not something we didn't sit here and try to say, hey, let's create something that uh, people are going to cry. People who listened to that episode shed some tears. Bro, I cried making it. Like, yeah. there was, I was pretty good most most talks. And then, and even in interviews, like, we'd be in an interview and, you know, you find that moment where, like, I don't know, someone said, go to the bathroom and you can kind of duck off and, like, blink a couple times and get back. Yeah. But no, nah, there was an episode, there was a taping where I was like, nah, I'm not good. And, the conversations I would have with people after the tapings, like people that aren't involved in this at all, just going home, be like, oh shit. Or um, in the sort of like elevator to go home with Matthew, you know, being like, yo, this is a heavy shit. Like, this is a lot. And it's someone that I knew, no, but also like, I don't know, man, it, it had this weird like effect afterwards of just, I better pay attention to life. Yeah, like all this shit is cool. I I'm enjoying the ride. I am someone that cares very much about work, um, probably to like a very like almost damn near poisonous like level because I'm just always like like plotting, trying to do the work. Is that mom and dad? Maybe, and it's probably um, it's a lot me. You got to you go know? on vacation too. Yeah, it's you, a lot you don't me. Disconnect. Oh, no, I'm, you're I'm, young yet. I'm there right now. But, I'm, okay. I'm I'm right there where. Now if I, before you said you don't know what vacation is. I know, but if I don't go, I'm gonna snap. But um, yeah, man, to to do that episode, it um. It means a lot, and I think it also was like such a good icebreaker for uh, myself and the team here because we were, it wasn't small fries. It wasn't just like it set the tone of how we should treat everything that sure. we work with. And I'm someone new on the team, you know, and we had to treat it with the utmost respect. Go places that were difficult, you know, go places that were fun, often in like a five minute range, and then find a way to whittle this down and tell the story. And also, I'm someone that's hyper-precious about everything. Like, if I do a podcast, it's going to be four hours because I just want everybody to hear everything. But to learn how to make the thing after having those emotions is difficult. And to be on a team where they're like, look, some of these things are going to be things that most of us are unhappy with cutting. Some of these are going to be things that don't work well. Sometimes we're going to need an outside ear. We're telling this podcast to people. We're trying to tell it to the Pete's of the world. We're trying to tell it to the Travis Scott's, Travis Scott fans of the world. We're trying to tell it to the person in Nebraska who doesn't know shit. We're trying to tell it to the suburbs, to the Brooklynites. Like, how do you make this thing applicable to so many people? And it's art. You don't know, but at the end, you you get start and you stop and then you put it out. Mm, yeah. yeah. Amen. You know, as we go back uh, into your younger days. You know, mom and dad. You know, they were working hard. You're in school. Yeah. Did 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 you guys have? How old are you again? Thirty two. Okay. Damn, you're actually older than I thought you were. Everyone says that. You know, I think it's because I don't. I can't grow a beard. Yeah. You know. I don't worry about it. I'm a cop one on the internet. Just like <laughs> yeah. You get that Beijing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, I don't even know the real name of it, but everyone calls it that. 
You know, I've seen, you know, just, let me tell you something. Just was in a drop top listening to, I think, uh, could have been Rock Marciano. Yeah. And I looked and I seen his beard. I'm like, what the fuck is that? He doesn't have that. And I was like, yeah, he was putting on that polish. Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) you know, you're 32, but when you grew up, like, mom and dad, like, like, who are you closer with? Man, that's tough because they both going to listen. Um. I'd say in a lot of ways, my mom, like she's the one, my sister said this to me the other day, I was dying, because um, I was telling her I was on the phone with uh, my mom one day, and someone must have done something not cool, and she, she was telling the story, and she's like, and she thinks it's cool, and I'm like, all right, bet, and I was on the phone like, what? Like, how did you, where'd you learn that? My sister's like, well, she's sort of like our kid now, like she she picks up on slang from us, She's vetted in all the things we did. Like Rick Ross, just, um, right now she's retired from New Jersey Transit, works at like the public library. She gets like Rick Ross's book or Tanasi Coates, and she sends yeah. me those. Like, oh, you look like you, like Rick Ross, I feel like you guys know each other. And I'm like, sort of, not really. Yeah, yeah. And she sends it to me. <laughs> so um, we're tight in that sense. But my dad, there's like so many overlapping traits that it's scary. Did you have like, uh, you know, I always say this because I've been a, you know, I've been a dad since a young kid. You know, my daughter's uh, going to be 20 and my son's going to be five. I pressed the reset button. <laughs> and being a separated dad was very tough. Yeah. And I remember, like, going to my daughter's, like, uh, put her in gymnastics when she was five. Mm-hmm. And I'd be the only man there. Yeah, be yeah. All, you know, and, and they would look at me like I was crazy. But that was, I tried to make the most of my time with her. Yeah. Um, and then now I look at it, like, with my son, it's like everyone loves being a father. Not saying that they didn't love being a father, but I look back. To like my father, like my father's father was a, a guy from Italy. He had a diaper out. His name was Nunzio. Yeah. He didn't hug my father a lot or tell me he loved him or ask him how he's feeling. Well, so I try to be that for my kids. That's how my pops is, right? Like I don't really know how he grew up with uh, my grandfather, um, R.I.P. But like, I can I can gather it was different. Like my grandpa called me kid every day. You know, like I think he, the one time he called me Brandon, I remember he was he was dying. Right. Like we were in the hospital. And I was like, oh, and he was like, Brandon, I'm like, oh, shit, this dude knows my name, you know, but like we were tight, but we weren't that tight, you know. So it's like a weird thing where my pops was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to put you on everything. Like, mm. what do you want to do? So like when I was trying to play basketball, he was doing that football. He was cool with that. Um, He's the one who got me into the Internet. He would lug his uh, you computer. People don't even know the computers like he had the huge monitor, the huge tower would unplug it every day, bring it back home, set it up, and then we'd rock on the computer. And mm. this is like MS-DOS days, like yeah. PC days. Yeah. When internet Classic. popped, he got me on, I said I wanted to be on the internet, he got me on that ASAP. So like, he's the he's the one who like exposed me to this world of the internet. So I was a kid in the suburbs with a global touch because he was like, yo, what do you want to do? Like we built a computer together. Like he's a nerd like me. That's dope. So he was always like, and they both were really, and they both knew my sister, me and my sister's quirks. So, like, he knew if I went to go ask my mom first or if I went to go ask my, him first and he said no, I'd go and ask my mom. And she's like, I know he said no. And, like, they they were so already, like, in tune with one another. They were a good team. Yeah, but they'd also – so when you thought you were getting away with shit, you weren't getting away with it. They were letting you rock. Uh, yeah, like – What was your first job? McDonald's. Really? McDonald's on Easton Avenue. Um, Get them large fries. Yo, and it was my pops. He was like, yo, um, you're broke. Like, you don't know you're broke, but you're broke. You don't <laughs> You don't got anything, you know? And he's like, um, you need to get a job. And so um, he actually hollered to do the McDonald's for me. And the guy was like, cool, but your son needs to come in and talk to me direct. And I went in there, filled out the application, got the job. And I was on um, I was on fries, registered, drive through. 
I, I drove by that McDonald's the other day um, going to visit my parents. It's a beautiful feeling. Yeah, right? yeah, to think yeah. Back. Yo, but I'm also bummed out because then I go in that McDonald's now and kids don't give a shit. And I'm like, I, I was bullshitting, but I was on it. Like, you always got your change, right? I, you always got your food quick. And then Fries we, were always hot. Yeah, or, you know, but like not the soggy ones. I didn't give you no wheat carton sure, where you got sure. 12 fries. and Like, it was, I held you down. And you go in there now, and the kid's like, click, click, click on their phone, not yeah, caring. Yeah. Yeah, like, what do you want to order? Yeah. Yo, it, it, those are the same ones in your inbox. Like, yo, how do I get to where you, you're at? Yeah. And you're like, I'm not anywhere yet. And, like, it's not going to be a conversation. It's not like you rap outside the studio and I sign you. It's not how this shit works. Like, it, bro, it really starts at McDonald's. I find a lot of people, too, I try to teach them this. I try to take the time. Like, people will reach out. Like, I get tons of DMs and emails. Like, people like, you know, uh, yo, Pete, which, uh, well, let me rephrase that. They don't even say, yo, Pete, like, here's my podcast. I need they don't to even address you. Not a, like, how about, how about good morning, good afternoon? Or like, yo, I heard of you from here or I listened. People don't realize how that's important. You know. But it comes it comes in those early jobs when, like, no one's checking, right? Or I think about, like, Foot Locker. Like, I worked at Foot Locker. Still top three jobs I've ever had in my life. Like, some, it, it was fun. But it's like a crash course in the culture. You know, at least it was then. Music playing in the background, cool people coming in. I remember selling uh, Swiss Beats and Kevin Lyle some sneakers at different That's points. Yeah, I meant to, I should have told Swiss that. Oh, um, let's tell Kevin Lyles. He'll be at A3C. Yeah, like, you know, but that was the cool job in the mall. Me being like, yo, I like the way this fits. Sure. I, I, I like being around sneakers. I like having a job where if I walk in the food court, people are like, oh, Full Locker dude, you know, like, and finding these, it sounds silly, but knowing that even in that job, I like the energy of it. And so I didn't know it then. When I started doing other things later in my life, I was like, why do I, like, if you ask me, why do I like a full locker job? I was like, oh, it, was the, it wasn't selling sneakers. It was a class in session. It was, a- it, it was the energy of it and the, the way I could hold myself down there and the way I could be, you know, you sit there and put your foot on the bench and lean and people are like, like, yes, you can do that there. That sounds weird, but I'm still putting my foot on the bench and leaning for a career now. It's the same thing. But you think about even like with hip hop history, knowing that, from listening, from from paying attention, from being a student, even working in Foot Locker, that taught you a couple of things about certain sneakers or when they came out or a certain colorway. Yeah, when they you took think about me the to, conversations you can have with when them. they took me to New York and I didn't understand why New York had different stuff. Like I had never been to clientele at that point. Like people shout out to clientele. Dave's Quality Meets. Yeah, when it was DQM. Dave's. Yeah, when it was DQM. Um, I didn't understand why sneakers were different or Flight Club. I was like, how come they have all the old sneakers? Like, why are these dunks? Why is the tongue different on them? Like, I didn't understand, but I've always been curious. And then they were, like, I remember being like, oh, what's Nike Talk? Like, let me get on Nike Talk. I think my name was Jumpman Jinx, so the Jinx thing's been there. But, like, I don't know. It To be a nerd in a space that's cool is really a gift because some many people are so busy worried about being cool. But, like, you can get paid off this. You can find your You can find your groove in here. It's the same as, like, I don't know. I went to school for engineering initially. It's that same, how does this work? What could happen? Um, why does this happen? But for music, sneakers, movies, you know, um, politics, like, it's all the same thing. It's not, it just, it's just in a different wrapper. How'd you get the job at Complex? Oh, man. Um, I was at working at Mass Appeal. I was, I had been interning at Decon, and then I got a job at Decon, and then I wanted to work at Mass Appeal, and they were like, nah, 
uh, you got to work at Decon. They were in the same room, basically. It was a small operation. And that was with, um, what's his name? My friend, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Sasha, Peter, Misha, Jason Golwatch. Jason Golwatch. Jason Golwatch, the legend. He used to yeah. shoot all those cutting crazy videos. Crazy video. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy himself. Yeah. But um, super talented. And I was working there. I wanted to work at Mass Appeal because um, I grew up like buying mag. I just grew up in it. And they had a magazine. I was like, oh, this is my chance. But they were like, nah, you got to do your decon job. So I would do that. And then at lunch, after work, I would write. And I was raised by like a ton of really good people. Sasha Jenkins. Yeah, the legend. Um, yeah, the legend. Uh, Tim Hotep. Uh, Treats uh, Dryden. Like really talented people that it, you just fall into good situations sometimes. But I also held it down. I did my best. Noah Callahan Bever from Complex uh, is part of that lineage. He's part of that like ego trip, mass appeal vibe, double XL, like that whole pool of talented journalists. And he would come around, and I'm not sure what happened. I don't think I've ever asked Noah really, but it was like I asked about you, and people, everyone I asked says you get shit done. You know, are you looking for a job? You looking to work somewhere? And mass appeal was not paying me well, uh, or Decon wasn't paying me well. So I was like, yeah, let's let's see what it's about. And then he was starting a new operation there. It was like, oh, we're going to do video. And I was like, uh, okay, well, let's see what that's like. There was a lot of really talented writers at Complex, and I was kind of intimidated. So I was like, oh, if I go to video, I can learn how to write better. And video, I'm the first one. So, like, let's just let's just see what that's like. And um, But Noah's the one who brought me in. And when I think about the people who really got me right on video in the beginning— it was uh, Donnie Kwok, who's over at The Ringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Frederick, who's over B. at... Fred. B. Fred, who's at Genius. Um, Dave Bree, R.I.P., like legendary writer and editor, who just made me a better writer in like a week. And Foster Kamer, um, just like one of the OGs in the space who like got... Who showed me how to think and was also like, yo, your script today fucking sucks. And it would make me mad, <laughs> but it made me better. So yeah, that's how I got the complex job. Those are some of the people that I've worked with, but there's... You know, the thing about being like on camera or the host of a podcast is like a lot of what people like, they like what you do. But some of the things they like aren't you. Yeah. They like the things that other people make sure, sure. and that, that are that are involved in it. And um, you got to You got to never get high on your own supply. You got to kind of remember that. Right. Like remember what Biggs told us. Yeah. Like just know that there's other ingredients in it, even if for the selfishly even just selfishly you know that when you go and do things on your own or things you want to do that you need those ingredients it isn't just it's not you don't just get the rock and shoot threes and win a game that's not how this works at all yeah yeah you know um it's funny man because a lot of even the videos i remember like a lot of complex uh audience really like you know they had their favorites yeah you got your favorites yeah on video the sean evans the the speedy mormons emily obergs the deskers yeah yeah you know and, and and you were one of them you know one thing i really 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 appreciate about um and it's funny because i always thought you were younger yeah but let me just say the younger generation meaning like a lot of like your peers mm-hmm. people like uh i don't want to stop mentioning people but even like Corey towns or, yeah 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 or, or uh, give me some more people that you, you there's like Corey towns there's Rimbert brown there's chris thomas there's um yeah man this space is so wide of like so many talented people um, a lot of people and the reason why I mentioned it I want to explain to you and not to cut you off but is because one thing and I've said this before that I really appreciate about you guys and there's way more people than the people you just mentioned mm-hmm. people around people that you move around with not even hang out all the time talk about like a lot of people that are doing things 
uh, even like I think about Kaz or I think yeah. about you or I yeah. think about Corey or I think about all these younger kids. And one thing I really, really admire about all you guys is how much you support each other. Well, how proud you are, but even how proud of, like, I didn't see that growing up, like, of how proud you are of each other if you get, like, a new gig, a new well, thing. Well, you know what it is? We can all see each other now, too, right? The, all, the, all the wins or the, the losses are documented in a way. You check in with each it's, it's much easier to check in with each other, so we can't ignore that. But also, like, we all grew up really idolizing the OGs, right, as much as the actual arena. So, like, if you have your favorite rapper, you also have your favorite journalist and your favorite VJ or whoever, DJ. Sure. Um, and a lot of them ain't that cool, right? That's why I think combat, like, combat's very helpful. But then also a lot of what boosts combat is that he's rare in the field, too. Because everyone's not cool or everyone that goes to help you, sometimes it's just because they want to hire you. And then when you say no to the job, they don't fuck with you no more. And... So a lot of it became like this resource for us to have to fuck with each other. Um, I'd love to say that we're all really cool people. I think that's what those are the ones you choose to hang around. But um, it was sort of like having like, you know, like seeing how magic was made where you were like, oh, man, like I love that person on camera. I love that person on radio, but maybe they're not that cool or they're blowing smoke, you know, and they're not really with it. And us being like and it takes a long time to learn that about networking laterally. Right. I was telling someone this at the Revolt Conference. Everyone wants to co-sign the people ahead of them. I've been really fortunate to get it from, like, the, a lot of the right people. Um, but I also attribute part of that to me and them. But a lot of what's got me right, like, when they were looking for this for, you know, who's going to be the next host of Mogul is my peers, you know? And then you talk to the OGs to, to be like, is this person, can we tolerate? Is he vetted? Can he do the thing? Cool. How do we, how do you feel about him? But the people are going to know how I work or my peers. Those are the people I work amongst. So a lot of us are just like, we're trying to survive too. You know, um, we all want, we want those million dollar deals. You know, we want to have our own, our face on billboards. Sure, sure. We, we want to be there. And there's a, be able to provide for you, for, for you and your future family as and, well. And there's a world where maybe that isn't the case no more. Like I remember talking to Angie Martinez and like really romanticizing her career. Angie knows like I'm such an Angie fan. And cause I just grew up, listen to Angie and wanting to hit the same mark she hit. And she's like, look, like how you're not going to get a Tupac interview. doesn't mean there isn't something of your, of that in your time now, but like, don't be so married to the the things that I did. And then try, you can't, you're you. I'm Angie. You're you. You got to figure this out. But she's another one who actually took the time and gave it to you. Whereas other people who just aren't. So as a result, you lean into your peers and your peers lean into you. And, I think we'll all look back at this time whenever we're older and doing different things or whatever and really feel thankful that at the very least we kept each other honest, we support each other, and we have fun. You know, they remind you to have fun in this. You know, and one thing uh, as we wind this episode down, one thing I really admire about you is like how honest you are. And I feel like sometimes when people get in gigs, they're like, they'll do whatever, like, and you know, because of whether the check or the money. And, and you have been, <laughs> I've seen, I remember speaking to you off air about different things. You've been true to who you are. I mean, um, I don't even know. Like, I was just saying when you were introducing this that segment, I was like, I sometimes wish I wasn't that way because I can see where it's frustrating for people I work with or I can see where I maybe miss a check. Uh, but I don't really be missing shit. You know, like once it's it's gone, I'm like, ah, well, you know, I'm going to do my thing. I've had moments where, like, someone's brought me in to do job A and then they're like, yo, you know, hold this product. And I'm like, ah, no, we didn't talk about that. Sometimes it's just no because we didn't talk about it. Like, 
why is every like if I do a deal with you, why is that everything you get on paper and then the things the other stuff is well good faith. Well, then we should good faith this whole thing or we should deal this whole thing. Why do you get to why are you getting to do it? And that's like you're trying to manipulate me. And I'd rather walk away than be manipulated. And I let everyone know that if it's not the deal, I, I assert it. And I don't do it in a negative way or in a mean way. Just a, um, you know, I was always kind of taught to like, you know, stand your ground. And and all, and for valid reasons, I've had moments I've stood my ground and I was tripping. I was dead wrong. I'd like to say when I realize it, I'll go and correct it, you know. And sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck that person. I have that too. But um, you try to be honest about it because, like, there's so many rooms you're in that you're not actually in that people talk about you. Um, and I think about when you're not honest, what is that talk of like, oh, you don't get him. Maybe you get more opportunities because you're easy. And people are like, oh, get him. Like, you can get him for a couple hundred and maybe and he'll do this, this, whatever. He, he's a chump. You know, no one's chump, you know, mm. and have never been. So why would I start now? And also, too, you encourage certain behaviors. Like, if you think I'm the one to score points off of, you'll – I'll be that person. You know, it's like it's like getting into a fight and being like, I don't really want to fight and I might lose, but no one's going to beat me up. No one's going to rob me. That's not going to happen. You know, I'll just be the guy who gets in fights now. I'm cool with that, too. So the honesty is part survival and part like personal just um, merit and moral code. But also that's led me that's led me astray, too, because you can get a little high on your own supply. And be like, man, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Yeah, yeah, sure. And business does sometimes don't work like that. Sometimes business is the favor. It is the good faith. But you gotta, I pick and choose. There's people I say yes to, and they don't know how many yeses they get that they're really not supposed to get. Yeah. And there's people I say no to, that maybe I I should have thought that through. But I think you use it like um, I tell people it's like Uno cards. Like you can't always do it in the moment. You gotta kind of pick and choose. So sometimes that honesty moment won't. I'll be saying yes because that's the moment. But the honesty moment really comes from later on when it's like, um, okay, you did something kind of foul there. We'll keep playing. We'll keep playing. We'll keep playing. We'll keep playing. Keep playing. And then the no comes or the, not the no, the honesty card comes. I throw it on the table. I say uno. And then I'm fucking out. You know? like <laughs> I like that analogy. Yeah. Hey, how 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 has it been working on State of the Culture? With um, State Budden of, and Remy State Ma. of the Culture. And they changed. Wasn't it? Uh, uh, it was Scotty Beam. Beam. And now we have a new host, this woman, um, Ebony K. Williams, uh, you know, former lawyer, um, a host on several uh, networks, including Fox News. So she brings a different energy. Um, but, you know, it's fast forwarded a lot of my professionalism in a lot of ways. Rem is like big older sister. She makes sure like I'm protected. Like, yo, do this when you do this. Like. I walked the red carpet for the first time. Like, I'd never done that. Or, like, a step and repeat. She's like, yo. I'm like, yo, Rim, like, like, should I get, like, three or four poses? She's looked at me. She's like, you just choose one and roll with the one. Like, you hold down one pose. <laughs> That's classic. And so, like, you know, she she looks out for me in that way. And um, it's it's been, it's a space, like, mogul that I I was never in before. It's funny because I think a lot of people look at her as this thorough girl. Oh, she's thorough. She's, of course she is. Yeah. But meaning, like, I think when... She has a side of it where she's just like a great person, like a great mentor, a great, a great, uh, uh, you know, can and, and, really add a lot of value to somebody. And I think she's also she's extremely patient. Um, and I think she knows of what to show people and what not to show people, um, including elements of her, like she's on, um, you know, her and Button are on like love and hip hop, but there's elements of their personal lives that aren't shared. 
And I learned a lot about what's behind the curtains and also what to show people to keep the business going too, right? Like I always, I'm very big on how I'm represented. Like I, I still feel like people don't get me. And so I'm trying to get these projects or make them myself. This is who I am. But there's a version that's like, well, this is how you get paid. And maybe you do that until you, you, you know, it's, it's chess, man. You're playing it, it, all it day, it's not all checkers. day. And you learn from other players on the board. And so Remy and Joe have been huge helps in that capacity. The show is wild. Like, the stuff that doesn't make it on camera is crazy. Has he been, like, a brother to you? Like, uh, I'd say, Joe, meaning Joe Barton? I'd say not really a brother. I think Joe is, there's moments on set where I can see him, like, oh, Joe's like a partner in crime. Like, there's times where he tries to get me to do shit, and I'm like, bro, that's you're going to torch my personal life if I say that. But we'll say it off camera. Um, but there, I will say, you know, he's another aspect where he's someone I've been able to watch in the industry and, I mean, you can say what you want about Joe. Um, I've never really had a bad dealing with him. I'll say he's another one that can kind of see a, a little bit ahead of where people are at, you know, and and he triples down on his thing. When he, he says he's going to do something, whether it's his music career or his podcasting game, he's willing to roll with that ship, whether it rises or falls. And I think there's something admirable about that. But also, I think he's learning to hedge his bets yeah. and make so he makes sure that it rises. Yeah, I mean, he bet on himself, and uh, <clears throat> he's winning, and I'm proud of him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can't, you know, it, what they have done is special. Yeah, I, I've told, uh, <clears throat> damn, I don't know if you're getting me. Sick it might guy. be me, man. I told, I told, um, you know, Rory this, and I, I never met Ma- Ma- Mal, mm-hmm. but what they have done with uh, the, you know, the Joe Budden show podcasting, podcasting I, is, is is they have done equally to what Combat Jack show has done for and, the, for the new you know? and, a, and a lot of ships rise. So like you know when Joe's rises, it puts people in the same ecosphere. So when it says suggested podcast next, you know hopefully Mogul rises. When the same thing with you know the Combat Jack show and what you're doing, like the more people that are in this space, um, it's like network television. You know, like the more channels that come with your subscription. You, well, you, you'll buy into it and you'll flip around sometimes and maybe you'll land on something good. <clears throat> so when I look at guys like um, Joe, for, as far as innovation and just like bravery, you got to respect it. And I learn a lot from watching people, less even from conversations sometimes. I just watch and see. Sometimes it's like, why do you do that? And I don't I don't know. And sometimes that's the most exciting part. It's like, I don't know. So You're a kid from Jersey. Yeah. Suburbs. Yeah. That has conversations now with Diddy. Yeah, which they're have, wild. Have you thought about how far you fucking come? So I don't, nah. Um, because nah. when you live in your own life, sometimes you don't realize how how much of a journey you've been on. Yeah, you're in the movie, you know. But um, and it's possible. The problem is that I there's so much more I want, and I I have I have these talks all the time because it really drives me manic. Like again, I got to go on vacation. I'm like, it's it's at like a very real point. Um, go to fucking Hawaii. Yeah, or you know, just don't be like Bermuda. In Bro- yeah, in Brooklyn. Nah, Bermuda. you deserve the blue water. Yeah, some sand. Yeah, uh, put a, nice, a nice cocktail drink. in your hand. No yeah, umbrella. Sunshine. No umbrella. No umbrella. We don't do yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, um, and enjoy yourself. Yeah, and disconnect, and take a moment to realize how far you've come. But you know what, man? I I wonder if it'll ever happen because there's so much that this space, and I say hip hop, youth culture, internet culture, podcasting, that it deserves. And I feel like I can bring some of that, and I want to do that so that eventually um, my ledger's strong enough that I can start to do what y'all have done for me, like start to find other people. And no, I can't do their thing, but get them right, get them right, because this space deserves, we need our own A&E, we need our own ESPN, yep, yep. we need our own Discovery yep. Channel, we need our own Food Network, yep. like we need to have that diversity so that when you're the kid on the bus, 
with the Blink-182 CD. And you you don't have to cover it up. Like, you just, you're in this space the same way the kid with the Limp Bizkit CD sure. and the Meth and Red album. Like, we were all in this together. So I'll, 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 take, I'll slow down at some point, but... um. That's all right. It never you know, stops. It doesn't. What uh, has Diddy been to you? Has he been a great... Uh... No, nah, like me and Diddy, it's not like we're talking on the phone. And no, shit. I, like, I, yeah, I know yeah. that. Yeah. Take that, take that. Take yeah. That. Um, I mean, Puff, I don't know. Puff is interesting, man, because like, um, he calls you every once in a while, to, like usually with like this thing he's trying to do, a business thing. And I feel like I wonder how he thinks, because sometimes I'm just like, I'm, I'm not a yes person. I'm just sort of like, I don't know, that might not be for me, but I'll... He asked me for for one endeavor he's trying to do, and I I was telling him about other people I thought were interesting that he should like make a play sure. on. But um, I don't know. It'd be cool to be tighter with Diddy, you know. Like I'd love to see what Combat saw and go to the All White House in the Hamptons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was but, um, but I don't know. You know, I'm also like I. This is a very rare moment. Like I'm sure even with uh, Matt here in the corner, like it takes a long time for me to warm up. You know, I'm like in and out. I can be really quiet, um, or I can be extremely talkative. So. When you get around like the big wigs like that, a lot I lean more into observation and just trying to like, why you do that or why do you move the way you move? Um, and it's like sometimes the stories are funnier that way too. So um, I don't know. We're we're not like, um, you know, I'm not. Uh, he's not throwing me in his music videos though. That would be tight. I'd, I'd be down for that. All right. Well, you never know. Yeah. Jinx could be uh, <clears throat> moving around with these shiny suits. I would definitely wear a shiny suit. You I know, would wear a shiny suit. Or, or, or who knows? You know, you could be going to get some junior cheesecakes uh, for him. Lena, I'd shiny suits over juniors, <laughs> but like, <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, hey, listen, you know, I just want to let you know when I was on the Combat Jack show early on, I would get, like, you know, we would have Big Daddy Kane. I would be interviewing him, and then I would also get him water. Yeah. You know, I, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. that. I'm not going to be above anything. Dude, I, oh, man, I don't want to extend this too much i remember yeah. like someone's like oh like i want to start i remember my first job in this arena interning at decon i was walking dogs I remember i got invited to a party that i thought i was attending turns out i was answering the door and pouring drinks i didn't scrub someone's grill like <laughs> yo it's the hustle is real for jersey jinx yeah and you just do it you do it because you want to be around um you know and then maybe you get yourself a shiny suit you know look uh you're a genuine kid I'm Thank proud you, of you. I I mean that wholeheartedly. You know, I'm so glad that I think people know you, but they don't know really you. People don't fucking and I know think, me. No, yeah. no, but I think that's why I wanted to do this, too. Yeah. Because I want people to know who you are, even like you know, e- even in a more sense, because your journey is still going on. Yeah. But it's powerful. Thank you, man. You know, um, just always keep an open mind and, and just continue to be yourself. I, 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 there's a lot of success ahead for you. You know, we talk about Mogul. I want people to go check out Mogul, Okay. It's on the Two Live Crew. It's on Miami. It's on a bunch of things. I mean, I started to listen to it again. It's another well-produced product. Um, I just everything from the music to the, the sound effects. Yeah, they, I heard Ross on there, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, tr- uh, tr- Trina, Trick uh, Daddy, Trick Daddy's on there. We got there. DJ Raw. We got another very special Miami character that you guys might the Miamians will know about. Everybody else doesn't know about. That's coming soon. Um, you know, we got like uh, JT Money. You know, like like just legendary Miami folk who were all um, really helpful in making this and um, just like ride with it. It's like sitting in the car, you know, yeah. driving take to it, Liberty Take City. it on a plane, take it take it on a road trip, or even if you're in the gym, you know, um, you know, check it out. I will say this, it's uh, it's special what they did on Reggie. It's special what Reggie did on Chris Lighty. And internet's, you know, open up your, your Spotify app 
put a mogul and uh, put it in your ear holes and, <laughs> and, and enjoy it. You know, it's special. Jinx, like I said, I'm proud of you. Thank um, you, man. The future is bright. You know, you, you could, uh, it's, on Twitter, you, you know, you, you, I like the way you mess with Twitter. You, like, some people don't really get Twitter. I've kind of, like, you know, I've kind of fallen back a little bit. Though, <laughs> yeah, but you, you know? still, you still, yeah, you still, 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 still shooting. Some yeah, stuff yeah. Out. The audiences have changed, man. It's a tough, it's a tough audience. They don't, um, they evolve over time too. So I got to figure out I'm gonna take my talents next. Maybe Instagram, you know. But for people listening who who never heard of you until now, it's Jersey underscore Jinx. Yep, on every platform. So SoundCloud, you know, I even like I still be listening to people's music. Like you know, I'm into that shit. Jersey. Actually, I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm gonna get yeah, no, no, they're gonna hit you up. Jersey underscore Jinx J I N X. Internet's a kid who's doing a bunch of things from the suburbs now into <laughs> now into the world. The world that he I man, the kid's living his dreams. Yeah, Jersey Jinx. Okay, uh, alumni of Complex, State of the Culture, mogul host. Mm-hmm. Uh, also has his own podcast, uh, right? With uh, um, nah, we stopped. Oh, that, you stopped that? But- well. But I got some stuff I'm cooking okay, up. Okay, listen, internets, look out for Jersey Jinxie. He's a good dude. And uh, look, you know, you should always fuck with somebody that is a good dude. Thanks, man. Internets, Jersey Jinx. Peace. Internets, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, Whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show, email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com, and let's get working, okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms of the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you next episode. Cheers.